Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Hey, hey, Jay. Hey, Q. Hey, thank you so much for coming to see Hobbs and Shaw with me and record this new episode. Well, I I couldn't think of a better way. Like, we're talking about the top five reasons to actually see a movie in the theater, and I couldn't think of a better place and a better movie that I wanted to do this episode with you at. Right? So, we are in the theater during a showing of Hobbs and Shaw. Well, like the only way we could actually record in the theaters, we had to buy a ticket, and then we thought, well, we bought the ticket already, and we love The Rock, so let's let's go ahead and get in here. We got a lot to talk about. Let's watch it. So we're gonna record the whole episode here in the- High five? Yeah. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! All right. Um, well, we don't have to whisper anymore because turns out that that lady was the only person in the theater. It's week three of Hobbs and Shaw. Nobody's here. Well, yeah, that and, you know, I think she might have been related to The Rock. Like, that's why she's seeing it. She's part of the family. She was in the theater. Well, you know, if you've watched the, the Fast and the Furious movies, family is very important. Very, very important. It's the number one important. <laughs> it's it's most importantest. Um, so yeah, so we're here in Hobbs and Shaw at the theater, recording our top five reasons to go see movies in the theater. This is uh, we're always trying to push boundaries and record in places you shouldn't record, and this is no different. We do you remember that time that uh, we went missing and found footage was found of our audio? We recorded from somewhere that nobody knows where we were. Are you there? <laughs> Did you go missing? Doobie de boop, just killing time. What are you doing? I'm killing time. Hello? Oh, hey. That was a very fortuitous disappearance. Uh, I asked if you remembered that time that we went missing and our audio was only found of us and nobody knew where we recorded from. And then you went missing. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I, I had to go to the bathroom. Uh, you know, I, well, as I left, I just didn't tell you. Just walked right. up. You just well, I wondered. Like, I looked away to to watch the rock because he was on screen for like and a split gorgeous. second, and I turned back around, and you're just gone. Just like Batman. Just like it goes like a, poof, and I'm, and then when it dissipates, but it was like a fart gas, like, <laughs> and you're I, like, ooh, and you looked I, away, eyes watered, turned back, I was gone. I imagine it better that it's like. And then the smoke dissipates and you're still only like three feet away and you're just like, <laughs> like you're just like running down the aisle like, to the theater. The thing and I'm is, like, I well, see you like that smoke dissipated well before you got out of sight. That wasn't a great smoke bomb. It just kind of was like psst, and then gone. And also because we're good movie patrons, we are sitting in the middle of the aisle, which well, is sure. the best view. It so takes I had a while. To, I had to run all the way down. 
and then down the stairs. <laughs> it was so, very, it doesn't make for a quick getaway. You definitely saw me. Let's just put it that way. Yes. As you, I was leaving. You're no Batman, my friend. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Especially in the theater. Is that Batman's weakness? <laughs> he, just I th- can't, he can't disappear in a theater? I think it is. Like, that's the thing. He always can disappear if he's, like, in a crowded room or a hallway-laden building sure. or on a rooftop. Rooftops right. are the best for Batman disappearing. Sure, you just jump off. <laughs> you, you literally. And then, and then you hope that they don't look over the side that you jumped off on. But even if they do, even if they do, then you're swinging away and your cape's out and it just looks cool. Badass. So... It's good either way. You either disappear completely or you disappear until they look and then you're far away. Instead, if I try to drop a smoke bomb and escape in the theater, they just see me out of breath running, <laughs> like asking people to, excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, oh, pardon me, sorry, me. sorry. Pardon My me. butt is just in people's butter faces. Butter penis, butter penis, sorry, yeah. sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. I knock somebody's popcorn over, then I feel bad, so I have to go to the concession stand, buy them a new popcorn, come, <laughs> come back, back, give it to them, and then start making then my way out And then you're crunching on the popcorn with which you spilled before, so right. and the, honestly, all of this, even at the very beginning of this, the smoke's bad for my asthma, so I'm kind of wheezing. So you're just like... <gasps> <gasps> so, yeah. for all of that, Don't. I'm sorry I went to the bathroom. You're welcome. I'm glad I'm <laughs> back in the theater watching Hobbs and Shaw with you again. I am also glad you're back. Thank you. And I got scared, but... Could the rest of the episode be us describing what happens when I try to leave the theater quickly? <laughs> yes. Definitely. Well, that's what this is. This is top five ways that Jay leaves a theater quickly. <laughs> butt, penis, butt, penis, butt. Over the aisles, that's one of them. Right. Fire escape, that's another that's one. That's another one. Uh, a Will Friedel rape whistle. Rape! <laughs> 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 and then I just throw it, and people look at it, and I run the other way. Exactly. So That's a callback to a previous episode of some jokes that uh, that people liked. Yep, that's hilarious. People liked it. We're hilarious, so what do we do when and you know people what? like We're our jokes? We recycle point. them. Yeah. <laughs> you like that joke? I'm going to do it again. <laughs> we're like we're like little kids. We're like when my kids find a joke that I actually laugh at, they're like, oh, I'm just going to say it 25 times in a row until it's not <laughs> that, funny anymore. That is the toddler version of stand-up comedy. It's just <laughs> it like, totally. I made you laugh because I said booty hole. You're like, yeah, you did. It's like, ha-ha, booty hole, ha-ha, booty hole, ha-ha, booty hole. It's like, all right, let's... All right, Kevin Hart, let's calm down. <laughs> you're wearing out the booty hole? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> all right, you're wearing out the booty hole. I wasn't at all going to say that, but I am so glad that you did, that <laughs> you got there. You're welcome. Hey, Isn't so, it wonderful that there's no one in this theater watching Hobbs and Shaw right now? Not after that lady left. We refused. Nope. We will not bow down to her demands. Which was so, weird because we did say, okay, we'll leave. But then she said, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And we're like, oh, okay. all right, I guess you right. You win. But then as she walked out, that's when we made a snarky comment like, yeah, that's what we thought. Yeah. And then she Keep turned around. Walking. Do you remember she turned around and then she was like, what did you just say? And I was like, uh, nothing. I think that was in the movie. I do I remember think. that because that's when I started to pee my pants, which is why I had to leave right. in the first place. Now everybody understands exactly what was going on. The whole situation is brought to full circle. There you go. That's what happened. That was the entire description of the beginning of the recording of this episode. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Yeah. This where is going to be a fun where we experimental just descri- week. We just describe our recording scenarios <laughs> for an entire hour. So buckle up. It, 
So strap in. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bumpy, smoke filled ride. We we both went for safety inspired uh, catchphrases. I know. I love it. Well, that's because you and I are big rule followers, except for talking in a theater, which we are currently breaking. Yes. Uh, so <sighs> speaking of theaters, uh, we decided this week um, because there are some movie releases coming out. Nothing sure. that like really tickled our pickle, so to speak. Yeah, um, I mean. Like the, so last week that Good Boys came out. I haven't seen that, but no. have you? It's, it's no, it looks like Junior fine. Super Bad. It does look like Junior Super Bad. I don't even know what's coming out this week. It's like the teen. It's like the Teen Titans Go of Super Bad. Like I like little, that. It's Teen Titans Go with cursing. Exactly. It's just little versions of characters that you know. Right. One of them being Jacob Tremblay. Exactly. And he is Beast Boy. Oddly enough. Weird, not, weirdly not, enough. Well, he's like a chameleon. He can turn into anything. That kid's a good actor. Yep, he can be an adult. He can be a woman. He can be a. Small, he's been neither of those things, child. but you know what? We believe that he could do it. He's the Daniel Day Lewis of children. He is. He is. That's, he can be anything he wants compliment. to be. Yeah. Well, oh, it's man. not. It's not true, and I didn't mean it. So oh, well. As of most of your comments. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we decided, then we were like, oh, should we do a TV episode? But then, you know, we just did a TV episode last week's, uh, Rick and Morty top five episodes. And that one's blowing up. Like people are loving that one. So if you guys, if you haven't heard our Rick and Morty episode, it is, uh, it is very, very popular. So give that a listen, go back in the archives, uh, all the way to last week, way, way, way back. It's like the uh, last episode. So it's really hard, easy to find. It's really hard and easy to find. <laughs> uh, we, uh. So this week, we decided to do an episode about something that Jay and I unanimously love. Yes. And so it's a that, positive episode. It is. So get ready for all the, the positive feels, the happy feels. This week, we're discussing the top five reasons to go see a movie in the theaters. So obviously, guys, you should... It's one of those where we talk about the, the theater a lot. We we talk about going to see movies in the theater a lot. And honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably as big of a fan of movies as we are. And going to the theater has certain experiences that come along with it. Some are good, some are bad. But for me and Q, overall, it's something that we hold dear. It's a it's an important part of our memories, of our histories, of you know the experience that we've had with movies. And uh, we, we believe that you share that with us. So we wanted to dive in about memories from the theaters and reasons that even though you can pretty much stream anything at any time from any device, why you should still take the time and spend the money Ooh. to go to the theater. And, watch and you know what? By saying that, you just picked a perfect starting point, I think, uh, for this conversation. Because I would like to talk to you and I would genuinely like to know your thoughts. You and I both grow up or grow up. We both yeah. grow up. We yeah, both we do. grew we both grew up in this strange time period where we had both no access to films in the palm of our hands and really going to a theater or renting a video was the only way to see a movie unless you were super filthy rich and had HBO or right. one of the premium movie channels. Or and conversely, we also currently live in the time period where you have literally i can watch a movie streaming from my samsung refrigerator if i want to and that is not a joke people no, that is it's not i can legitimately watch a movie on my refrigerator and you know they're doing album releases nah not really but pop star never stop stopping did never stop never stop stopping um, but yeah i mean honestly q i it's weird because even in my mind it's a a different experience to kind of a different 
element because I remember growing up and going to the movies almost every weekend. Like that was sort of the weekend thing to do is to go see the movie, see the new trailers, be able to talk about it at school the next week. Um, and I remember that. And even now, um, when I have the ability to stream movies like directly to my TV, just just last night we streamed uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Was that your watched. snoozema for the evening? So what? Was that your snoozema for the evening? It, it actually wasn't. It was the, we haven't seen this movie, let's it. give it a shot. My snoozema... My During it, were you like, well, this could be our snoozema. <laughs> this, yes, this could be. Uh, my snoozema was actually Dread uh, with Carl Urban. Even that is like, not a snoozema. I like it. I like that one. That one I go to sleep to because I enjoy it. Because <laughs> um, you want to dream of Carl Urban? Exactly. I love dreaming of Carl Urban. But, okay, but that actually is a good th- – let me, let me do uh, uh, Godzilla real quick because it okay. kind of does make my point a little bit, or at least I think so. The movie's not good. Like sure. that, it's not a very good movie. The sure. way that I described it to Amanda was, I feel like this is a, a mixture of a lot of scenes of, huh, I'd like to make that my desktop background, mixed with a lot of scenes of where I know at some point the director said, don't worry, guys, this is going to look cool in the movie, and it didn't. Sure. And that's the whole movie. Like, the CGI stuff, a lot of it was fine. There were a lot of shots with, like, you know, lightning and monsters and things in the background and that what I thought, Hey, I'd like to put that on my desktop background or sure. I would have liked to see that in IMAX. Sure. And that's the only reason that I would have, I think enjoyed that movie overall is seeing it on the big screen. There were a lot of spectacle images and seeing it on my TV was just kind of like, meh. All right. Yeah, I get that. Um, so how does that differ to circle back around to the question that I asked you in the first place? Was uh, <laughs> was growing up in both times, that gives us a unique perspective on uh, a time when the movie theater was kind of necessary. Yeah. Versus what some people would argue nowadays is on its way out, on 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 the course for obsolescence. Well, which and is you, nuts. yeah, you do see those stories about like the movie theater industry is hurting, and and I think even it's it's pretty obvious. Like when you go to theaters nowadays. You know, concession stands are like closed or boarded up and not being used. And there's just not as many people there as there have been that we had growing up. Like it was an event. It was necessary to go to the theater to see trailers and be around people. And having the dichotomy of having both is interesting to look back. You know what's funny is so I kind of you know how some people say they grew up with on TV like yes. that's kind of a phrase people will be like I was raised by television. Right. Um legitimately I was partially raised by theaters. Uh because a lot of my formative like experiences in life happened in theaters, yeah. in movie theaters. Um I have a funny story in particular of awkward teenage Q. Oh well, please pre- pre- I we cannot talk about this topic without telling awkward stories. Yes. Yeah, so, I've got a few as well. So I uh, was I believe I was 14 maybe uh, and I was doing pre-driver training uh, because my parents had uh, insisted that I go to driver training if I was going to get my license when I turned 16 right? what's pre-driver training well it's kind of like it's not pre- it's like I guess it's it's like driver training but you like it gets you ready for your permit as opposed to getting you ready for your license 
Oh, interesting. I, I mean, I, I did... guess it technically gets you ready for both. Is that driver's ed? Is that? It's kind of that, but it's not in school. Like, it's an oh. actual, like, course that my parents paid for and sent me oh, to. Oh, interesting. Uh, so I was in that cl- that class. We did it. It was on Saturdays. Fun. Right. Exactly where I want to be exactly. in school on Saturday. <laughs> um, and so I was in this class, though, with a bunch of, like, other teenagers, kids my age. Sure. And uh, I met this girl Ooh, who I, like I was it. just like, this girl is so cool. She's She was a year older than me. She was 15. I was 14. Ooh. Um, she was she just had the air of like uh, she just smoked candy cigarettes all the time. You know, <laughs> she was just like a real rebel. Um, Betting on them pony races. You know, she had uh, a cooler filled with baby bottle pops. You know, she just w- like. She wore a red leather jacket and was like, you're tearing me apart. She did. She was like the coolest of cool. And one day, and so every day, or not every day, but every driver training class, I just crushed on her super hard, right? And I remember one day, uh, towards the end of the classes, the teacher brought in what about bob and we watched that and had a pizza party oh okay that wasn't like part of the class no that was like a celebration to like you successfully passed it so we're gonna have a pizza party and Uh, watch what about bob i was like why in the world would she show that as a reference in a driver (laughs) like not at all definitely not but hey guys, sit down. I'm going to show you the Italian job. Kudos to my teacher for having great taste in comedy. Yeah, seriously. Because what about Bob? All time favorite. Uh, but Classic. we watched this movie, and it was I used that opportunity because I'm a movie nerd to wow her with my knowledge of films. And, and you were actors. like, "That's Bill Murray, right? Yeah, that's all I knew. Actually, <laughs> um, that's Richard Dreyfus. Uh, he." Was in one of the Jaws movies. Yeah, he was. That's actually funny that you say that. That is the fact that I used. I was like, oh, seriously? Seen, I was like, have <laughs> you seen yes. Jaws? And I was like, he's he's that's, the, he's one of the guys in there. He's in there. and she was and like, see, this oh is way God. before the internet uh, movie database. There was so, nothing. I was I was the Q movie database. Nice. Uh, so I was wowing her with my impressive movie knowledge. And I got up the balls and I was like, so are you like, you like into movies? You like watching movies as if it's drugs. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like food? Like, do you like to eat and live and breathe? Like, oh, it's like the question of, hey, do you, do you like music? Yeah, fuckhead, of course. (laughs) Yeah. But for me, I was like, oh God, this girl likes movies. Cool. I like movies. So, I also like the movies. So I asked her if she wanted to go see a movie. And she was like, yeah, I'll go see a movie. And I'm like, fuck, yes. I'm going on a date with this super cool girl. Like, I'm the, the coolest guy ever. So we go to the theater. Fast forward to that day. We go to the theater. And we're watching the movie. Now, here's the deal. Jay, you and I have been to the theater together. Yes, we have. There is one thing. That has always remained true about me, even from when I was small in the theater. And that is when we are watching the movie, I want to be watching the movie. Do not do not talk to me. Talk or disturb me. Because we're we're here together, yes. But we are here together to do to experience the glory of cinema. Yeah. Okay? Together. So we're sitting there. 
Like, and like every now and then, like a meeting of the eyes and a nod or like, a, oh, God, that's an OK. That's OK. Sure. That's that's an experiential thing. Sure. That's it. That's so, where we draw the line. So we're sitting there and I do the old yawn and stretch. Seriously, my, don't my you did not do the yawning stretch. I did. I did. Uh, Love the yawning stretch. The old yawning stretch was like, oh, I'm just, oh, I'm just stretching my arms out to put it over the seat. I'm very, I was very PG, so I was very like, oh, I'm just, I was respectful, consent. Always so wait, consent, wait, even did from you a go age. for? Okay, well, uh, I want to put a button in the story real quick. Are do you think an is over the shoulder? Less of a of an uh, invasive move than a handhold. Well, see, you don't understand because I wasn't over the shoulder. I'm literally on the seat. Oh, you're like way above her. Right. I'm like not touching her. Awesome. Okay. Okay. But so that's in like my mind, I'm like safer. Yeah, I just that's made it safer cool than move. going for the hand. Right. Because in my mind, here's the way here's the way my my brain works. I'm over her shoulder. So if she's interested. She has the option of like leaning into it, right? But okay. if she's not interested, then I am also not touching her. So you you open the door, but you're gonna let her take the step. Exactly. Okay. Respectful. Now, cue. What movie did you guys go see? Mr. Bean. Okay, so, so not a horror movie. Not a horror movie. Mr. So, Bean's good though. It is fine. <laughs> so <laughs> I put my arm around her, or, or not around her, around the chair. Gotcha. I put my arm around the chair, and I sit there for a while. She doesn't seem interested, and I'm fine. That's fine. I'm watching this movie. That's fine. Sure. So I'm watching the movie, and legitimately, no shit, dude. She leans over, looks me in the face, like gets my attention, and she goes, so you going to grab my boob or what? What? No shit. <laughs> no shit. Okay. I swear to God. I swear to everything that this happened. Okay. And I looked at her like the most frightened baby deer <laughs> about to be hit by a car ever. And I just kind of went, uh, no. And she was like, then what are we doing here? And she got up and left. Nice. Okay. She got up and left. You know what? Not a problem. I stayed and finished watching Mr. Bean. <laughs> Did you Bean. finish Mr. Bean? Yeah. I didn't Please even chase her. Yes. I didn't even chase her out of the theater. She legitimately went, what are we even doing here? And then Got up. And you're like, walked I'm out. And I go, and under my breath, I wanted to go, I'm watching a movie. What else would I we I legitimately be doing thought here? we would enjoy this together, this film. <laughs> this cinematic masterpiece that is Mr. Bean. So long <laughs> set up, but worth it for the payoff. What an awkward and that's that's what I'm legitimately one of my first experiences with any sort of like like sexual activity was, was literally getting berated by this girl <laughs> in Mr. Bean for not Assaulting her? Forwardly assaulting her? Yeah. And I was just like, I, 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 no. <laughs> so I had a uh, not a similar experience, um, but I did. <laughs> I was hoping you'd be like, I had a similar experience. So I me did, and my mom were at the theater. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, and my, me and my mom were, uh, we were out seeing Mr. Bean, actually. No. Um, I... <laughs> There, did you spit take? 
Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I also was seeing Mr. Bean with your mom. I was trying to keep her. <laughs> you know what? Now that story makes a lot more sense though. Um, so I, I was at the, we were at the movies. There was a girl, you know, there was a girl in high school that I had a big crush on. We went out to see a movie and it was one of those where I, I had done the, the thing where I got, you know, involved in, in her friend sphere and, and we were cordial and friendly and it was during the summer once and I, you know, and I asked her out to a movie and we got there and my story is uh, quite short though. And so we were in the movie and I forget what we were watching. I want to say it was something like, like Sahara or sure. like one of those kind of pseudo rom-com action movies um, of the time. Sure. And so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to decide, okay, do I do the over the, 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 the yawn and stretch? Do I go for the hand? Like, you know, I'm finally on this date with this girl I've been crushing on. And, you know, how, how do I let her know that, that I want this to be a, a fun, enjoyable, like, uh, experience for both of us and, and maybe, like, hold her hand or something? Sure. And about five minutes into the movie, and I know this now is to be a very strategic move on her part. Uh, she about leans into the movie when Matthew McConaughey or whoever is on screen, and she's like, you know, one of these days I'm going to find a boyfriend like just like him, and, uh, and and you can help me evaluate whether he's a good fit for me or not. <laughs> cool. And it's like, oh, the hand like withering down <laughs> to the side of my arm. And I'm like, yes, I will totally do that. I would love to. This is, I would love to vet your prospective <laughs> romantic interests. This is going to be good for me. And definitely nothing additional to that. That would be crazy. Yeah. So that's adorable. I, uh, so then she met Trevor and he seemed very nice. I gave him a good <laughs> once over. I, I gave him the go ahead. I passed him on. Um, I, uh, what's funny is speaking of dates. So after that fiasco, uh, <laughs> I did start my foray same year into the date, like taking girls to the movies. Sure, I got, sure. It actually, in a weird way, like built my confidence level because it, then I'm like, it helps. You need those burns. You need you need the rejection of it to know where you stand and what's worth it for you. Right. So that year, I went and saw Titanic seven times. <laughs> seven times, not because it's amazing, which it is. I mean, it is. Okay, but. Because I went on a different date to Titanic <laughs> all seven, seven times. The thing is, where it came to a crumbling halt is that then the news interviewed you about it. You're like, a local man has seen Titanic <laughs> seven <laughs> times. And then all the girls are like, what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, to be fair, at my age, nothing was happening. I was sure. legitimately just thinking, I was like, this is the best date movie ever. <laughs> but here's the deal. The first date, I failed to mention, was a mother-son date. So the first mom? time that I mom. saw Titanic was with my mother. Great. And I don't know if you remember, but there's a glorious topless scene with <laughs> Kate Winslet. So I got to experience seeing boobs well, on she, the large on the big she screen. She wanted to be painted like one of his French girls with my mother, which was so uncomfortable <laughs> because she looked at me like I can't believe you're seeing boobs right now, and I looked at her like I can't believe I'm seeing boobs right now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we both just kind of sat there in silence. And I remember after leaving that the movie. I was like, so what did you think of the movie? <laughs> she was like, it was fine. 
And I was like, um, yeah. She was like, what did you think? And I was like, I thought it was great. And she was like, yeah. She was like, because there were boobs. And I was did, like, no, well, did she really? Yeah, she got mad. She boiled as the if whole like, James Cameron movie down into as, that one scene. As if I had planned this outing with my mother so that I could <laughs> go see boobs in the company of my mother. <laughs> like, On a as huge if this screen. Had, right, as if this had been my nefarious plan <laughs> to, like, finally see something I wasn't supposed to be seeing. Right. And I'm like, I kind of like looked at her and I just legitimately remember being like, mom, it's a really big cinematic achievement. (laughs) It's like a huge movie. And, but that was one of the most awkward, uncomfortable times. And like I said, that my very first date out of the seven times that I went was with my mother. So Uh, I have, I have a comparable uh, story as well. Um, So. You know how, like, when you're a kid and you see a movie, like a Billy Madison or something. I didn't take my mom to see Billy Madison. Um, but uh, you see, like, a movie, and you remember the funny parts, but you forget things that maybe you didn't get when you first went and saw them. Definitely. So so my mom went with me and my dad to see Ace Ventura because we had talked about how hilarious it was. Sure. I had completely forgotten at that point all of the very sexual stuff in... Ace Ventura. You know, what's funny about that is I actually recently rewatched it because I'm rebuilding my VHS collection and had a very similar reaction. And like, especially at the, the beginning scene when yes. the animals are watching him have the most violent sex ever that any human has ever had. Yes. And I was like, I actually turned to Haley and go, I don't remember this. I remember it vividly because that was the moment that I made eye contact with my mother (laughs) and her look was, why did you bring me to this film? You told me it was hilarious. Why did you bring me to this filth? I think is what you (laughs) meant to say. This is happening in the first 10 minutes. And I'm like, it's okay. It's not like, it's not going to happen again. And then there's like a violent blowjob scene later. And I was like, and then it was secondary eye contact. And then, I was like, okay, don't worry. It's not going to happen again. And then the whole reveal at the end happens. Exactly. That's a, I love that. That's beautiful. It's like, no, those really are hemorrhoids. <laughs> um, so, oh, man. Okay, so we but both I do wanna, have had – go ahead. I, said, I do want to add something else to a joke that we were making earlier. But do you remember when people would get on the news for going to the theater a lot of times? Yeah, like when they would go see a movie. Well, Titanic was one of the first ones that I remember seeing that because that movie broke records for how many people were. That's why it was the number one highest grossing movie of all time until Avatar came along. Right, because people like, I've seen it like 13 times in the theater and they were getting like interviewed because it was a thing that they had done. Like no one's doing that now where it's like, I've watched this movie 18 times on Netflix and they're like, get the news over here. Yeah. Well, actually you say that, but funny, I did read an article that said that some guy <laughs> had watched, I want to say it was like ridiculous six. Like, oh, that's right. Like every day for a year. Yeah. And so they interviewed him. <laughs> well, but that I think is a cry for help though. True. Like going to see Titanic in the theater a lot his, is just his way Netflix account was like, "Are you still watching?" Yeah. And then it would come up and it was like, "Why are you still watching?" And then and it the, came up again and was like, "Do you need us to call for help? Are you okay? Yes. No. <laughs> That's Error. where they tested the Bandersnatch system. Yes. Like beforehand, they were like, <laughs> it was an interactive choose your own help. 
<laughs> <That was. guide. laughs> oh, um, I hate that. <laughs> but I have to. But I have to ask. Um, so obviously, we talked about some reasons that we went as a theater. You went. I mean, you, because we wanted to see movies. We went with our parents. We went and saw. Um, we went on dates at the. It theater. was like it was the like date form- vehicle. Me and Amanda's second date was going to see a movie. There was no the Netflix and chill back in the day. No, this was go to the theater and quietly watch the movie. <laughs> yes, and then, and then maybe get assault, get yelled at for not grabbing boobs. for not assaulting someone. Um, but I will say something that is kind of funny and one of those like weird self-fulfilling prophecies i guess but as a kid though i remember going home after the theater and being like man if only there was a way to like have access to all these movies all the time like i remember just like wanting that so badly and like really hoping that one day okay man like it's the future it's the 90s like anything's possible like why do i have to wait six months for this to come out on dvd exactly and i was like one day we're gonna get to this point where like anything's just like immediately available and what's funny is in the way that nostalgia in your brain works is now i live in that future that i dreamed for as a kid and i can't tell you how many times i'm like man i wish there were less options i wish That I could just go to a video store and be forced to choose between the five copies of right. whatever that they have available right. because I'm here. Instead of having thousands upon thousands upon thousands of titles between Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, the new HBO Supreme or whatever it is that they're <laughs> launching. Disney Plus. Disney Plus, 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 Plus. Um, there's literally so much that nine times out of ten, Haley and I will be like, hey, do you want to watch something? And we're like, yeah, let's watch a movie. And then we sit there for 20 minutes trying to find something to watch. And then we're like, and eh, let's just watch an episode of Intervention again for the it's fourth like, time. It's ah, like, screw it. Let's just watch Megamind again. Yeah, it's like so – it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I host a movie parties for the Alamo Drafthouse. Yes. And I think this is a good way to segue into some of the positives – of what what makes going to the cinema still kind of an event. Like, when I was a kid, the only theater chains that we had near us were uh, the Regal Cinemas right. and Carmike were, like, the two, the two chains. And at the time, there was no Fathom Events. Are no. you familiar with Fathom Events? Were they, like, stream, like, operas or concerts or speeches or TED oh. Talks or whatever? And, like, old... Uh, Old movies, like catalog, library movies. Well, you and I went and saw uh, a screening of Psycho, which was amazing. We did. Um, Did you ever go to any of the riff tracks with me? Yeah. We went. Well, I went to one of the live ones with you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then um, I think I've gone to one other that was a streaming one, but it was weird because it was streaming to. The uh, the Hundred Oaks Theater from Belcourt? From, yeah, from Belcourt. (laughs) So I went to one of those, too. So those. Those kind of things as kids, though, that didn't exist for us. So there were no, there was no event cinema. The only right. event cinema was, was the a, cinema, right? Was a huge movie that was right. coming out, like your Titanic's or your superhero movies when X Men came teenage out. Teenage Ninja Turtles two, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Secret exact, of the or three. Uh, Back turtles in time. Turtles in time. Um, but nowadays, you have this thing that I'd like to kind of talk about, which is you have event cinema. You have Cinema that is more than let's just go watch a movie. This is let's go watch a movie and have a party or let's have a sing-along or let's um, 
do some sort of communal experience for the movie. Right. So Alamo Draft House is a uh, movie theater chain that's kind of like a for fans by fans kind right. of situation. And started in Austin, Texas. That's right. And they base they take their movies very seriously. The way that um, this is going to sound like a plug for Alamo, and I do do movie parties there, but I assure everyone I am not employed by the Alamo Draft House. Uh, I just really they like just their put up style. with you. Right. I just like their style. So, uh, but their kind of thing is they're very much like us. Before the movie comes on, they very aggressively tell you that you better be quiet during the movie or you will be ejected kind right. of thing. Um, so it's basically if you and I owned a movie theater, this is exactly what it would be. <laughs> yeah, like. It would be very similar. Um, but they ho- they have these things called movie parties. And I in hosting some of these, so like a movie party, I've done Clue, I've done Purple Rain, uh, I did La- I did La Bamba. I've done some really. I did Buckaroo Banzai recently. That one was. I was jealous. I wasn't able to go to that one. I did UHF, the Weird yep. Al movie. Um, some there. I can't tell you how many people, and it was quite a lot. But at each screening, we're seeing that movie for the first time. So their first time viewing some of those movies were in this very communal experience. And to explain a movie party in a very concise way, it's basically. Rocky Horror Picture Show prop act-along stuff for different movies that aren't Rocky Horror Picture Show. So right. for, like, Buckaroo Banzai, we were given cap guns and uh, glow sticks and things that you are instructed to use at certain points during the movie. Um, but that, I would consider, is, like, an event cinema. That's something that actually you cannot experience at home. I mean, right. you can if you make your own movie party, I suppose. Sure, but you're not doing it with hundreds of other people who are there to appreciate the same thing that you're there to appreciate. Exactly. Um, so that, would that for me, is something that has cropped up in the recent years as, an, as kind of a response to this availability of everything instantaneously as a reason to still, like, come on, guys, the theater is fun. You know what I right. mean? Like, we can do fun things. Um, do you have anything like that that you've been to in the recent times that you're kind of like, oh, well, man, this is a unique kind of draw? Well, I mean, I th- theaters are doing th- everything nowadays, you know, between the you can order food in there and now they're doing like, you know, the 4D experiences where the, the chairs will shake and they'll spritz like water smells at you as the movie goes on. Because of the things we were talking about, like the decline of the movie industry, and we don't have an Alamo Draft House in Nashville, guys. Franchise, I'll run it. Just get out here. But what do we it. do have is we have experienced cinema through like our our independent theater, the Bell Court, uh, which you're very familiar with because you lived totally. here. And then also in Franklin, there's a group called the Movie Gang that will do their version of those so we went to one that was beauty and the beast you know it's one of it's amanda's favorite movie and so we went to one of those and during the ballroom scene they actually had like people dance in the aisles and were throwing like you know uh beach balls shaped like plates and stuff around and so it was an experience you know with the movie they had uh desserts and treats that they would share throughout the movie to to enhance it and things like that and so it was a lot of it was a lot of fun, but you do notice that nowadays as the thing that draws people to the movies more so than just going to the movies being an experience itself, which 
it was the case when I was growing up, and I believe it was the same for you, is just going to the movie and seeing something, a story that you couldn't see anywhere else on the planet on a screen a thousand times bigger than your television right. was the experience. And well, I we also that- came from a time when the theater screen was a thousand times bigger than your television. <laughs> That's true. Now it's because- just like four. Exactly, because now you have affordable, large format televisions, right? That but that oh changes it. You know, what yeah, I mean? it it does. But one of the things that I lament that has kind of faded in all of this, or in a lot of this, is what you talked about. Is I think the reason experience cinema works so well is that it's communal. And one of the biggest benefits, for me at least, of going to see a movie is the ability to focus and become ex- and, and be affected by a movie. So I can watch um, Interstellar or I can watch uh, Saw or something like that at my house. And it's fine. I enjoy the story. I, en- I can enjoy the cinematography. I can look and be like, oh man, those gore effects were, were awesome or whatever. But... There's an alarm clock going off in somebody's room. I can get up and walk to the bathroom very easily. Emmo may run through and knock something off. I can go into the kitchen and get something. I'm distracted. And it's just me. But in the theater, it's a dark room. There's literally nowhere else to look but that giant theater. And everybody in that room is having the exact same experience as you or they should be. Right. And that alone, in my opinion, is one of the best reasons to still go to the theater outside of some of the others of, well, it's the best quality or it's the way to see it as the director wanted it. It's hundreds of people having the same experience to an artistic something. I agree. And Uh, that is so exciting. And I love that at least nowadays the film culture fans are sort of revolting around the idea of not seeing movies together and finding new ways to say, no, come back, let's see movies together. Exactly. There's, they've kind of repackaged it for a way that that fits today's kind of mindset and consumption uh, tastes. Exactly. But and, I will- and, and as societies grow, we have to adapt or, or industries die. I mean, that's what adapt you see with like, or the perish. train. Yeah. You see that with like the train industry, like no, no one really takes the train much anymore unless it's you a know, novelty, a novelty. And I don't want movies to go that direction. Exactly. And that's kind of what I was going to ask is, are you afraid at all that the rise of this event cinema is just another thing signaling the death knell of theaters? Do you feel like they're kind of jumping the shark in a sense that they're like, we need to pull out literally anything we can, or do you think that it's bad that that is becoming a prevalent way to get people into the theater? Because do you think that is losing the whole point of going to the theater, like a cinematic experience? Because obviously if you're going for a movie party, people are talking, right? There are flashing things. Or if you're going to a movie gang party, like you had mentioned, there are treats being handed out and interactivity doesn't that kind of just make it an at-home experience out in public? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, what do you think? I mean, yes. Yes and yes and no. Okay. So, and I'll explain. I do think that it's creating an at-home experience out in public. But I don't know that I think it's a bad thing. Okay. Because 
if right now we're being raised or we're being indoctrinated in sort of a, a methodology where the most comfortable place and most natural place to watch a movie is at home, then replicating that experience to give someone a better version of that could be the catalyst to make them want to go to the theater more often in just regular settings. Sure. And so it could create that connection. And I, I see that as a benefit. But the other thing is that for me, uh, all of the best things about seeing a movie in the theater, like the quality of the, the movie that you get to see, I mentioned it before, but I think one of the most important reasons to go to the theater is seeing it, how the director wanted you to see it is if you're watching it on your phone or you're watching it on your TV, you know, the aspect ratio may be wrong. You may be missing like, you know, 75% of the, of the film or not that, not that much like 35% of the film, but you know, it, it your color the, balance is off. You exactly. Have, you have motion smoothing on, on your television. It, oh my good Lord. So, so seeing it in the theater, even if you're at like a movie party or, or one of those at home type experiences still allows you the rest of the benefits. Sure. And it's almost like if you have the world's, if you hate, guacamole and avocados and you have the world's best guacamole and you're like oh this is what this experience can be like then even subpar guacamole you're like i still remember how awesome it can be so i still like this thing and that's and, fair and i and i and i hope and that's my prayer honestly is that there are movie theaters that can that can get started that focus on the experience of films to sort of in instill that love of the theater going to people. So whether it's a gimmick theater or whether it's a theater like Alamo Draft House that has events and then is a normal theater the rest of the time, whatever it is, I want people to continue to go to the theater because it's important in my opinion. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Now, I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's, I mean, I, I do think part of it is the death now. It's like sure. symptoms of either adaptation and this is the new world we're going into or the cries of a dying industry exactly uh i tend to be optimistic and hopeful about it kind of like you mm -hmm. so i want to say that it's just trending toward this is our new normal kind mm -hmm. of thing as opposed to we're dying and we're just trying to throw out anything we can to get people in right um another as a perfect segue to another thing that can be both hurtful and harmful to the industry um, is the because of the launch several years back of movie pass <laughs> our, uh, our good friend our good friend movie pass I need you to reshare that movie pass meme by the way it's still relevant wait, wait which one the one that you made oh, the black knight the black knight one <laughs> okay I, I can do that especially after last week's news that we talked about exactly on our that's why too. I said still relevant still happening um, but the the industry the theater industry had a reaction to the movie pass mm -hmm. um lowering its prices several years back to do the ten dollars a month for all the movies you could see with right. the exception of 3d and imax so any specialty screenings and that kind of lit the world ablaze people who were no longer fans of going to the theater um who had at least been driven away by, because there's something that we can't ignore, the movie, the cost of a movie ticket has steadily risen Yes, over the past 15, 20 years. Yes. To a point where it now 
and I'm going to be honest, I love the theater, so don't get me wrong, but some of the prices that are being charged are ludicrous. Like ludicrous. Like and we're talking ludicrous bridges. We're talking the the rapper slash actor. Um like only he has enough money to afford it. <laughs> exactly. Um it's crazy. I love movies and I love a theater experience, but I'm not going to pay $25 to go see a movie in the theater and not just per not per ticket. So I'm that just, way you take your two girls and Haley and you're out like $100. $100 for for a two sometimes two to two and a half hour experience. Yeah. That's crazy. You could That's, rent a really nice hotel suite for that and have it all night. Exactly. It's crazy. So over the past couple of years, because I don't know, what were tickets when you were growing up? I want to say for me, they were like $5. Yeah. I think it and was then, $5 and like seven five dollars matinees and like $7 for like regular time. Seven fifty, I think, was what I was familiar with with the Regals growing up. And then $5 matinees. And then uh, the what totally has gone the way of the dinosaurs within our lifetime. A dollar theater theaters. Yes. We had one in Memphis called apple tree and it was the apple tree dollar theater. And me and my dad, that's how I saw Jurassic park like six times in the theater. Cause my dad just took me to the dollar theaters once it got off of its initial run in the regular theater. Yeah. Cause they're secondary run theaters. Yeah. Uh, we had one. It was Nippers Corner. The Nippers Corner uh, Regal Cinemas was a dollar theater. And Man, theaters used to be everywhere. Do you remember when they were in malls? Fuck yeah. You had theaters in malls. You had standalone theaters. You had uh, the when IMAXs were attached to the aquariums and like zoos. Like The only place you could go to an IMAX was at like a museum. Exactly. It was nuts. But they... Um, you kids don't know how good your hair is. Theater, theater prices, ticket prices were affordable and at yeah. the time a five dollars still not it wasn't nothing because obviously inflation but it was <laughs> I, I love how economic that was because you know inflation well, as if we have any idea how that, all that works well that's how it works numbers money <laughs> in math you know inflation, uh, governments briefcase. but you know if you look at it you know comparatively oh it's no it the percentage of a movie ticket uh, accord like in line with the amount of natural inflation that has happened in our society, it's astronomical. It's like way above the mean. And to be fair, a lot of that is because that do you you understand how the movie theaters and distributors work? Yes. Okay. But so, our listeners may not. So okay. So the the con the concept of how this works is the theater chain does not actually make money off of the film that they are showing. Primary, they they take a small portion of ticketing fees, but primarily, ticket prices are demanded by the returns for the studios. Like so they the, basically have to rent or and or purchase the right to show that movie. Right, and so they have to hit a certain number to be able to justify the rental and or purchase of the rights for this for the screenings, and the way that movie theaters make their money. Is through concessions, like which you've heard all your life, but now you know why. It's because they make ten percent or less off of revenue from the movie ticket, and 
100% of revenue from concessions, from concessions, which is also why concession prices have increased over the years because they have to keep match with the movie prices so their revenue profit can stay the and same. And now candy is $6.50 right. and a large popcorn is $10. <laughs> Basically, the concessions should just, should just say, how badly do you want jelly beans? <laughs> right. Real bad? We can help. We can help. You thirsty? Um, Great. $12. That's a small. <laughs> yeah, for a small. Uh, that's exactly right. So, you know, going to the theater has become cost prohibitive. All that is to say, all that discussion was to say that it's become cost prohibitive. Getting snacks and having the same experience that we had as kids would cost us easily $100 today. Yeah, when it was like family. the cheap thing to do when I that's why my dad took me to movies is cuz he could do it for like $15. Exactly. For both of us. And have an experience. Yes. You know what I mean? Um but so that being said, MoviePass made waves and almost sent the industry back to that time period. Yeah. Not almost, did send the industry back to that time period when people were like, holy shit, I can spend $10 a month and go see as many movies as I want. How does that make business sense? Turns out it doesn't. <laughs> it, it turns out yeah, everyone was right. Yes. It, it, people were like, there's no way that that can make money. And they're right. There and they were like, you know, hold on, guys. We have a plan. And then everyone's like, well, I'll just keep using this. And then MoviePass is like, hold on, guys. We're going bankrupt. But you know what theaters did see is an uptick in attendance. Yes. When that happened, theaters saw that people – it was bringing people back to the theater again. Yeah. And so smartly, what they did is they pivoted their business model and they said, hey, wait a minute. We can market our own tickets like that. I yeah. can have I, I Regal Cinemas and I AMC and I even Alamo now is rolling one out. Yep. I can market my own monthly membership. And right. maybe at not the ludicrous price of $10 that <laughs> MoviePass yeah. did. But for t so, like, I have an AMC MoviePass, and Haley and I spend $20 a month each to see up to three movies a week in the theater, no restrictions other than right. Fathom events. So I can see it in IMAX, I can see it in 3D, I can see it day of release, right. I can do any of those things. And at $20 a month, as the prices we just discussed, that's far better for people who want to see movies actively. Right. And and that's the thing is – and to take a step back even more is I think this aligns with what we're talking about is our just society changing and evolving and growing is nowadays – and, and look, we can look at the movie industry, I mean, the music industry as a good example of this, is we're getting used to not paying for things, but paying for access to things. The gateway. So I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to go buy that new, you know, Blink-182 CD. I am buying access to all CDs or all music that I want, and then I will choose within that universe what I what By I paying in. for Spotify Premium. Exactly. And so the movie industry is finally kind of seeing that this is our our mindset now is, well, I'm not going to pay for things individually. That's very expensive. We buy things in bulk. We're a Sam's Club economy, mother effers. Right. Like, we buy things. We buy access to the things that we want. Right. Uh, we don't want to. We want to be. 
We don't want to be at a fair where we pay for access and then have to pay for everything individually. We just want access to everything once we get in the door. I and agree. the movie industries are matching that mentality. By by and Movie Pass was the guinea pig. There was the canary in the coal mine to say, guys, there's life down here, but it's dangerous. Proceed with caution. Don't step on our corpse as you pass us by. Right. Let's watch how they flounder and die, and then let's do the opposite of what they're doing. Right. Like, oh, let's go down that hallway. Actually, right. It's the same path, but we're gonna go. We're gonna do it this much way. much safer. Uh, and honestly, I would say if we want to step it back even further, I think that wasn't just signaled by movie pass but that was signaled by the intense intense allegiance that netflix garnered yeah netflix said okay well you don't have to rent these movies individually from a streaming service instead we're gonna you pay us a monthly gateway fee and you access. can have the access to these thousands of movie titles and television series and people were like yep that's what I want. Yep. Like, I would rather do that than go rent Mr. Bean Takes a Holiday for three ninety nine <laughs> when I right. can pay seven ninety nine and have Mr. Bean Takes a Holiday as well as the two sequels and the prequel yeah. before that. And honestly, where the reason that Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore is because they didn't figure that out soon enough to basically say, you know what? Your $20 a month a Blockbuster subscription, just walk in and take whatever movie you want. Yep, and that's what it should have been. If 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 rental stores wanted to survive, they should have changed to a monthly subscription service. You come in, you get 20 movies a month for 20 bucks, a dollar a movie, whatever. And yeah. you come in and you have your pick of anything in the store and you pick it, you take it, you leave it. You just can't you have more it. than one at the time. And that's it. Or you can throttle your membership. You can have up to three movies at a time. Right. You know, they they did kind of have that, but instead it was still on a per rental basis instead right. of a monthly membership. You know what they I mean? They tried to ape Redbox when they should have been trying to ape Netflix. Exactly. And so I agree with you. I think um, it has changed the landscape. And Regal recently launched their monthly subscription mm -hmm. service as well. Um, like I said, Alamo has one coming out, which is even more interesting because Alamo tends to do more art releases. And so right. that's that's kind of an interesting way to be able to see those things at a at a decent price. Right. Um, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, can we talk about the topic of luxury in cinema as a draw? Like, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the whole, you know, AMC dine in is now a chain like you can go to an AMC classic and all an AMC classic is is a regular theater. It's a movie theater. Yeah. But then you can go to what we do. And honestly, and I'll be completely transparent on this, we love the AMC dine-in. Yep. Like the recliner seats, the the food being delivered. And Alamo actually was one of the first ones to start food, legit food, being brought to you in a movie theater. And when um, we say legit food, we mean not just concession food. No, We're like chicken like nuggets and sandwiches burgers. and burgers and quesadillas salads. and salads, milkshakes, right. uh, nachos, everything. Anything you could get at a restaurant, you could, you know, well, not anything, but sure. you know, it's restaurant food. Sea bass. Puffer fish. <laughs> but that has started, and to be honest... When we go, and I even think you and I would do this on our Friendsmases, we're like, we're never seeing another movie that's not in recliner seats. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've said that statement. And that's how it, that's legitimately how it is. Um, we've got, same thing out here, you got the AMC Classics, 
AMC dine-ins. Um, but we have a chain out here that I never had experience with, and I'm in Omaha, people, in case you were wondering. Um, so all you Omaha-ians, omaha uh, you will understand this, but there's a chain out here called Marcus Theaters. And Marcus Theaters also offers premium dine-in experiences. Now, I will say one thing that I've found about a Marcus Theater that I love even more because it reminds me of going to the theater as a kid is their theaters are smaller. Oh, Some really? Of their, like the screen is still large, but the theater may only hold 20 people. Right. And then you have these nice, luxurious, ready for this, heated Ooh. recliner seats. Okay. Heated recliner leather seats. With tray tables, food delivery service to you, delicious food, and you get to watch the theater on a big screen. That is the epitome of luxurious movie viewing. You right. know what I mean? Like, as a kid, it was like your choice of candy, stale-ish, oil-drenched popcorn. <laughs> which, and in our day, was a delicacy. It was. Nachos. Nachos. With or without jalapenos. Right. And, and a pretzel. And a pretzel. And that's it. Uh, and a pop. Um, But now you have literally, they're like, would you like gourmet Angus beef sliders and a flatbread pizza with chicken and buffalo sauce? With your side of macaroni and cheese, would you like pulled pork barbecue on that or just just fried jalapenos? Are you interested in the pan-seared, bacon-covered Brussels sprouts? Brussels sprouts is what I was thinking of. Uh, Now they have Cheeto popcorn. Have you seen that? I have seen the Cheeto popcorn. And it has soon. I'm I'm making a prediction. Doritos Cool Ranch popcorn. Oh, gross. Hey, if Taco Bell can do it, movie theaters can do it. That's true. Um, I will say I had the Cheeto popcorn. Pretty delicious. It actually has little Cheetos in it. I mean, that's what's not to love. Cheese, popcorn, Cheeto cheese, actual Cheetos. (laughs) It's a winner. I don't know how you get better than that. You don't. Actually. It's like That's... tonight with your Hobbs and Shaw, our chef has paired the Merlot and has a wonderful summer squash soup as an appetizer. Right. As Do well I... as Cheeto popcorn and Doritos Locos corn. Don't worry. During act two of your film, the second course will be served. <laughs> All right. Flan. Flan. <laughs> uh, Jason so... Stath Flan. <laughs> So that's a premium experience. So I feel like theaters, too, as a way to save themselves, are offering now a premium uh, luxury experience. Um, I think the 4DX would even be right. kind of a version of that. I feel like that almost falls into the gimmick realm with the 3D uh, yeah. aspect. Because that was another thing that theaters tried to tried to do. They were like, hey, we can put out every movie in 3D and we can charge four more dollars a ticket to see it in 3D. Right. That was what they used to do is they just tried to make the tickets more expensive because of 3D. And they tried that like in the 80s and in the 90s and then the early aughts. And they figured, all right, that's not getting people out anymore. Uh, We can't just do this every 10 years and make it a success. And you Um, know what's weird is I'm surprised now how much they are still releasing movies in 3D. They're no longer advertising it. So you no. no longer see a trailer that's like, see Avengers Endgame in 3D. Instead, they're just like, if you're seeing it in IMAX, it's in 3D. And I'm like, but why? I don't <laughs> want it in why? 3D. Yeah, can, can I not? Can I just like turn that off? <laughs> right. Now you're like forcing me to have it. 
and I'm not paying uh, a premium I, price, but I still don't like it. But I still don't want it. Yeah. It, it's like, no, no, I didn't want clams on my burger. Right. It's like, no, but they're free. I don't care. I don't, I don't want, want them. It. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> but they're but the chef insists. It's like I don't I'm not gonna eat here. Right. I don't want I don't want it. I'm gonna go see not IMAX in the regular format. I'm going to Burger King. They make it my way. <laughs> they do without clams. Um, um Oh man, I don't but, I don't even remember how we got No, there. we were just talking about premium premium oh. formats because we talked luxury and now we kind of segued into like premium movie formats. Now would you what do you, what are your feelings on like 35 millimeter 75 millimeter like all of these special specialty screening types like tarantino recently released once upon a time in 35 millimeter right. in select theaters see that for me is an acceptable experience because it goes back to one of the things and i and i have kept i've said this a couple times but one of the reasons i think you should go to the theater is to see the movie how the director wanted you to see it. You know, it's the difference between like looking at the Mona Lisa in person as opposed to looking at the Mona Lisa like as a picture or a print off from a shitty printer. You know, it's it's how the artist envisioned it. It's how the artist created it to be seen. And so someone like Tarantino or someone like Scorsese or especially like the Coen brothers or Wes Anderson will make films in either certain aspect ratios or certain film styles or certain film stock and quality to give a look and feel that goes along with the full experience of the movie. So you can get the story of Once Upon a Time by seeing it, you know, on your phone, or you can get the story of, you know, Once Upon a Time seeing it streaming on your television, but you could also get the story of Once Upon a Time hearing, overhearing a drunk person talk about it in a bar. It's not the same experience as seeing it, how Quentin Tarantino envisioned it to be seen, because you get more on the sides, you get more colors, you get, you know, longer takes, and you get, you know, the visual that he intended. And so for those elements, I think those types of experiences are fine. A little gimmicky, but gimmicky in with the correct purpose of right. seeing the movie as intended. Now, I do have a question in regarding, you know, saying that uh, the director intended it this way. What are your feelings on increased frame rate showings? So, like, The Hobbit famously did it where they right. upped it from 24 frames per second which is a standard film to 48 frames per second and then ang lee even did it um in 2016 for he did a movie called billy lynn's that's right the, walk and that and one was that one was 120 frames per second about to say, in select one. scenes yeah which is five times faster than the normal frame rate now what so did you have you seen any of the high frame rate screenings? I didn't see the Billy Lynn one. Um, I did see The Hobbit, and I can honestly say I didn't really notice that. Okay, that, uh, that my much. personal opinion was I did see it and I did notice. And what it causes is essentially the same feeling that you get from, and we talked about it earlier. When you turn the motion smoothing on, yeah, on your television, it's like too smooth. It almost feels like it's filmed with like a camcorder somehow. Right. Like it loses that like that um, it gains depth, but it right. loses its like cinematic. And I'm using air quotes for yeah. the podcast listeners. It's it's losing its cinematic feel. Right. 
You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I and, can imagine and, that 120 frames per second is just outright insane. Uh, and maybe, and that's the thing, is maybe in certain scenarios, like, uh, that tool can be applied. Like, uh, Avatar is a good example. Avatar versus uh, Revenge of the Titans or whatever. Both sure. in 3D. Avatar used it in a way where it was natural and enhanced the experience of the movie. And Revenge of the Titans or whatever was terrible. I think a lot of it depends on the choices being made and why certain tactics are being used. Like, I never saw the Billy Lynn movie, but I would imagine in maybe, like, a war scene or uh, a scene that would very normally be very cacophonic and uh, hard to follow, something like that would be helpful. Or maybe with a sports scene, um, it would be helpful to kind of smooth out some of the action and give a better viewing experience. Mm -hmm. But just to do it to do it, I don't, I don't, and I think that's up to the director, you know, I think that is a, a choice that a director can make that either pays off or does not pay off. So, uh, to you, to use, I think a good example of this would be George Lucas, you know, sure. he intended some of those job of the hut scenes to be in a new hope, or he intended for guns not to be used in ET. So he fixed them and we can see them as the director intended. I don't think those were good choices. I think the director was wrong in those choices. And well, so yeah, it I depends. A, I have a question too. So there's an interesting thing that's been happening lately because of the nostalgia pull um, is, did you ever see Jonah Hill's movie mid nineties? Yes. Okay. The film is shot in four by three. Yeah. So you've got a full screen aspect ratio. And for those who don't know what four by three is, four by three is the square picture that you're used right. to on like old tube televisions. And that's the, the basically the standard was kind of called the golden box is that films even now, even films like IMAX films will try and contain most of the action to the four, four, three aspect ratio golden box. So it can be shown on television without losing much. Exactly. And so, um, but now we live in a world where most televisions are widescreen. Right. And so you kind of have adapted to the theater format at home. To, so yeah. widescreen is the standard. I remember growing up, certain films on VHS even would be released in letterbox. Yeah, with the little black bars at the top at of the, the top bottom. And bottom because your screen isn't made. Yeah. So instead Lawrence of, having... of Arabia is a great example of this is that it was filmed in a way that can't be shown in 4:3. So all the TVs have like the crazy letterboxes on them. Which which shrinks your image yeah. to so small. So even if you've got if you had like a a like I did growing up like a 20-inch TV, right. You're now watching like 6 by 12 inch image. <laughs> I remember there's a really funny video. I think it's on, I think you can find it online, but I'm pretty sure it's Martin Scorsese uh, going on a diatribe about the movie Ben Hur because on television, it looks like the chariot race with Ben Hur just has two chariots in it. Right. And it's not very exciting, but the real movie has like four or five different chariots. And he, there's a great video, and I think it's Scorsese. So I'll, I'll see if I can find that and share it on our, on our channel. But it's, a, it's great to hear, to hear them talk about aspect ratios and, and things like that. So that's an interesting thing that filmmakers have been doing to try and make for a different cinematic experience is even though you're seeing it on the 16 by 9 format screen in the theater, you're getting a 4 by 3 image. So you're getting right. just the center part of the screen. You're getting black bars on the left and right side. 
another thing that they've been pulling out is I realize that AMC theaters, and I don't know if other theater chains are doing it as well, but they have what they've dubbed now Dolby theaters. Yes, we've got so, one in uh, Nashville. So it's the same picture image, but you're getting a much more intense percussive sound, and it yes. actually like rumbles your seat. Yep. But it's not like the 40x where it's like mo- it's like motors rumbling your seat. <laughs> right. This is just your your seat rumbling like the 80s Dolby commercial. You're like you're like sitting on a subwoofer. Back. Your tie is flying back <laughs> up over your shoulder. Um, so that's an option, and I've noticed too. Um, even recently. AMC is now offering zoned seating. Have you seen this at all Mm-mm. in Nashville yet? So no. they have a premium and a Vanguard zone. Vanguard zone che- seating is a few dollars cheaper and is closer to the screen. Oh. And premium zone seating is a few more a few dollars more expensive and is further back from the screen. We had that when I was growing up, but it was just called buy your ticket earlier, you jackass. Exactly. Get to the theater early. But now since you have online ticketing, you can do that and that's a way that they can like throttle their ticket prices, yeah. you know what I mean? Um so we've kind of talked about a million different things, a million different reasons. We've told some anecdotes about things that have changed. We've talked about um, some enhancements. We've talked about maybe some detriments that theaters in it have enacted. Right. I think we're ready to list. I mean, I don't, yeah, there's a lot we could keep talking about, but really what people need to know is why they should get off their butts and go to the theater. So let's list. Now showing at the High Five Cinemas, the list. This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two. List. All right. All right. So here we go. It's time to list. Did you like that, by the way? I loved that. I actually think that was a perfect lead-in to the to the list. And then you know it has our our audio right there, our actual list intro. It was it was it was like the let's all go to the exactly exactly. Let's all go to the list and let's all go to the list and list our list. We bet we basically just squanched. That whole thing. We're like, <laughs> when we list the listy list list list. Squanch. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, and, and honestly, we've dived into a lot of the topics I think that will come up on the list. I, I don't know how much we, we'll need to go deeper now if there is. I don't we'll, think so. So, for me, I mean, definitely I think, and I'll be the one to say I think it should be somewhere on the list, is seeing the movie as the director intended. I'm going to be honest with you. I think, in my heart... It should be number one. Really? I feel like that is the most important reason because we have to remember at the end of the day, films are still an expression of art. Yes, they're a creation of a lot of people spent hours and years of their time to give us this thing. And and even if it's Transformers 3. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter. The point is, like you said, thousands of hours of people's time, effort, money, millions of dollars of money have been poured into a project that was made to be shown on a large format yeah. screen. That's where it was. Li- unless it's a direct-to-video release, and we're not talking about those. No. Then it was made to be viewed in that format. And I think that's something that people need to remember is that it's still an expression of somebody. Somebody is still trying to put something out. And 
the only way to really respect it in the way that it deserves to be respected is to see it in the theater. And I think that should be the number one reason that you should go see something in the theater. Man, I'm happy you said that. And I couldn't have summed that up better. Locked in at number one. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I would all, I would say next to that is just the general experience of seeing it in the theater. Like just being out and being in front of that size of a screen or being in, you know, a party, the experience is something that is worthy of be- so going can to the we, theater for. So can we list it? Okay. Cause I think we need to dial it in a little bit too much. Cause I think, okay. uh, or a little bit more. Cause I think otherwise we're going to get very like weird generic okay. list. Like uh, you should good. go let's, because it's good. Okay. Well, I, I agree with that. Let's, so let's I feel like let's in. pick, let's, let's get a little more granular and let's say, if we're going to say the experience, then I say that let's pick an experience. I think in today's climate, event cinema is a reason to go to the theater. I would agree. So whether it be a movie party, whether it be a sing-along, whether it be a catalog showing from Fathom Events, I think that that is a solid reason to get out of your house and go attend a movie in a the theater. So event cinema... I feel I like agree. it's a valid, valid reason to go to the theater. Now, are you saying are, are you saying that's like number two or that's somewhere on the list? I'd say it's close. I'd say either three or two. Personally, I think that's in today's in today's kind of uh, climate. That right. is a that is a big draw that that works well with people. Yeah. I think I I agree. So right now I've got it at number three and let me pitch to you a reason of why I think what should be number two. Okay. Is in today's society where we have everything at the tips of our fingertips for all time. We have a million people talking to us from every angle and there's this to be frustrated about and there's that bad news happening and there's this going on. I think just the ability to focus on something like this, being able to disconnect sit in a dark room, not look at your phone, not have someone talking in your ear and focus on a story, focus on a single thing that can make you happy, sad, uh, uplifted, moved. I think that is a big reason to go is to just have the ability to focus and just disconnect and, and lose yourself in that story. I agree with that. 100%. My only concern is, once again, I feel like that's kind of nebulous. Like I mean, it, maybe, but I'm, I'm saying like the specific ability to focus on it. Sure. Like, um, I don't think you get that in a lot of other places in life. I, I agree with that. Yeah, we can put that as number so, two. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll say number four then, if it's a little okay. nebulous. Well, Just no, the, f- the, the only reason I say it's nebulous is because, once again, I feel like People depend on us to give them definitive reasons. Well, yeah. And it still feel because like some people may be like, well, I don't want to disconnect. I want to go and experience it with people. I don't think it's general enough that it connects with everyone. You well, know what I mean? You and I, you and I feel four, that then. way. Four or five. Yeah, that's fine. I would say a deck, a definite direct drive that people can't argue with is the existence of movie pass subscriptions. Subscriptions. Now. Yep. That would, is, that should be number two. You you cannot deny that it is now more it has been made more affordable again. So you have no you don't have that excuse anymore to say, yeah. well, I can't you can't afford twenty dollars a month. 
okay, well then you can't say that because back in the day, even if you saw a movie twice, you would spend $20. Yeah, so, no, ex- I, I agree. So that's, I think that should actually be number two is the, the evolution of the movie theater to accommodate our lifestyle of access. Sure. So that subscription ability. Sure. I, I would, I'd be totally good with that. And honestly, the other one I would think is another big pull is luxury. Yeah, I was about, that's what I was going to vote for number five is the luxury is the now there are recliner ch- chairs. Now there's good food there. Now, sure. you know, if you're not having the communal event, uh, event cinema experience, there is still luxury to be had. It's still a comfortable, enjoyable time. So Jeez. number five, I think, is the luxury. Of it. So that would be our, our list, right? You want to yeah. read that back and we'll kind of see how we feel about it? Yeah. So uh, number five, the number five reason to go to the theater in 2019 and, and beyond is the luxury and accommodations that come along with it. Sure. The, you know, there are recliner seats. There's food. There are options. There are for heated you to do. seats. Even. Heated seats. Um, number four is the ability to focus, just to disconnect from society and the confusion and focus on a story and on an experience and, and enjoy it. Uh, number three are, is event cinema and the communal aspect of it. Going with people to have an event, to have a party, to a have a shared experience. A shared experience. Uh, number two is that the cost element has been mitigated with subscription services. You can buy a subscription service and see as many or as few as you want. And so that, you know, so that is a reason to go. And then the number one reason is that it was the intended medium and intended experience of the creators of that art form for you. And it deserves to be seen in that format. That's a badass list, dude. I dig that list. I love it. I feel like I feel like the the cinema business as a whole should be thanking us right now. Because they need this to somehow is incorporate best, this into their messaging. This is the best advertisement for why, and we're not getting paid, folks. This is just no. our genuine love for yeah. the cinema. And so they should definitely reach out to us and be like, hey, guys, do you want to do, like, commercials and ads? Do you want to run our marketing for, yeah. like, forever? For everyone, <laughs> for every theater chain. Oh, so, man. so that's it, man. Those are your definitive top five reasons to get your ass out of the house and get your ass into a theater. For the love of God, guys, shut the fuck up! I guess, uh, I guess it's time to go. In here. Well, he's been sitting here the whole time. I guess. He didn't say anything. It's we're literally conveniently. I mean, I appreciate it. We're at the end of the episode anyway, so that's fine. But... Oh, look, it's Ryan Reynolds. I hope you're sitting down, buddy, because we got big problems. God, I feel immediately better just talking to you. Is that weird? Anyway, look, the snowflake virus, totally fine, on lockdown, in a secure asset vault. But what we're dealing with right now is another virus. The last one, well, that melted your insides, but this one melts your outsides. Literally, your skin drips off. It's like removing a silk kimono in a hurricane. So gross. The point is, we need to get on this, like, now. I need both of you. What do you say, Becky? Hey, Locke, this is Sam. Sam? You must want to talk to my dad. Oh, my God, Sam. Wow, you you sound exactly like your dad. That is it's freaking me out right now. It's like listening to a mirror. Can you put Hobbs on? I'm on. 
I know, but I need to speak to Hobbs, sweetie. I'm on. What do you want? I, I, I mean, seriously, record yourself side by side. It's crazy. Listen, before you say another word, tell me you took care of the snowflake. I got it. It's done. We're good. Okay? Because I care about people. I care about our family. You are not family. I know. What we have is so much deeper. Listen, hey, real talk. Can you believe that Game of Thrones ending? I didn't see it. You watch the shit out of it, you dirty little liar. What's the problem? You said there was a problem. My problem? is that Jon Snow had sex with his aunt, then killed her, and nobody wants to talk about it. That's what my problem is. Jesus, hang on a second. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on twitter at high the number five the podcast instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes stitcher google play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love what's the worst that could happen No antidote for the poison you just drank? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.